0: Hello and welcome to Toowoomba 2020, The Chronicle's local government election podcast. My name is Toby Loftus. It's been four years since Paul Antonio won his second term as mayor of the Toowoomba region, and now he is vying for a third. To discuss the past four years and what comes next, Councillor Antonio joins us in our makeshift studio in his office. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Toby. So, Paul... Firstly, can you just tell me a bit about the past four years as the Toowoomba region mayor? It was obviously your second term as mayor. Um, Can you run me through what some of the highlights of that term have been for you?
1: Well, I'd go back to the very first term. And I think one of the things that I said at a very early uh, breakfast with the Chamber of Commerce was that Toowoomba was open for business. And secondly, I think I made it very, very clear to the media in town that I was going to be positive about this beautiful community. That's what I've done. If you look through my rhetoric over the last four years and the last eight years, in fact, you'll find that I don't run this community down. I don't tell, them, tell the world that we, we're, we're no good, but I tell the world that we've got tremendous potential here in Toowoomba and there wouldn't be a better place anywhere to live than right across the Toowoomba region, whether it be in Toowoomba itself or some of the smaller, beautiful communities there are out there in the region. What have been some of the challenges for you this term? Well, I think the uh, Belcarra legislation, some of the things that have fallen out of that have changed the, changed the boardroom completely. And I know that if I can give you an instance of that, uh, I hold uh, water licences for, licenses for intensive animal industry. Not anything to do with water, watering plants or anything of that nature. Intensive animal industry. My colleagues put me out of the room by vote uh, just to protect me. From the litigation and the uh, difficulty there is in the Chamber here now. Uh, so I, uh, that's the sort of thing that is, is making people, I've had some of the, uh, my fellow colleagues come to me as a result of all this, as a result of this, uh, uh, the, the environment in the Chamber of reporting other people And I think that's been one of the really negative things that's happened this this term. The Belcarra legislation, I have no problems with it. It's the interpretation of that legislation by individuals.
0: Going to councillors, reporting councillors for um, the issues, there was obviously um, a few years ago you gave that um, interview to the ABC about um, the inland rail and um, your quarry and... um, basically the creation of a map, you were found guilty for failing to disclose um, your ownership of the quarry in regards to the creation of the map while voting on inland rail during council meetings back in 2016 and for also making false statements. Um, That's um, been an issue that has still been ongoing but do you have any regrets? um,
1: Um, Look I think there's an old saying that uh, no favour goes unpunished. I did intend to help those people because the mayors in that area, Mayor Shy, uh, and myself and, and some uh, prominent people in that area felt the rail line would be better to go through the forestry country than through the good agricultural land. And I talk about Bring-a-Lily, Millwood, that really good country through there. Okay, there was one gentleman who contacted me up to four and five times a day. I did what I did for him. If you check out my My um, uh, donor list, he's been a strong supporter of mine. He's also uh, comes from what I thought was a highly respected family in the area. And uh, I simply gave him a map. I gave an alternate map, which I paid for. I gave him the numbers of people to ring. And I also gave him the opportunity to meet with Ian McFarlane, who would then introduce him to the Barnaby Joyce's of the world. And, you know, to many people in that area, that was a logical step to actually do that. Now, okay, I know where I got to, and I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm quite happy to wear the tag of being stupid for having done that and having listened to that fellow, uh, particularly in retrospect. But there's an old saying that no favour goes unpunished, and I thought I was doing the right thing by him and many of the people around him to propose an alternate route. Yes, I own a quarry. Yes, I bought that, that, that quarry the day the man landed on the moon. And, uh, you know, uh, there was no intent in, at all in respect to that. Uh, that quarry is on a corridor, which is called the Gore Highway. And I think corridors are corridors. And the Gore Highway, beside the Gore Highway, wouldn't be such a bad place to actually run a rail on. So, uh, yes, I'm regretful that I ever listened to that fellow. I should have not taken the phone calls. Uh, and, it, and I guess there's a good friendship uh, from way back that's now gone and will always be gone. But it's interesting that uh, many people have come to me uh, are supporting that particular proposal. Uh, you know, uh, I've had lots and lots of people come to me and I'm, uh, yes, I'm I'm embarrassed by the fact that that happened. Uh, but I also challenge the finding. But you did notice that I didn't bother appealing. I let it go. I'm quite happy to wear that because I think what I've done for this community, uh, broadly speaking, and my home community completely overrides any negativity there may be coming out of that.
0: Mm. Moving on to another controversial issue that, um, I guess, impacted council this term was the um, Battle of Prince Henry Heights, as it's been referred to. Now, that was when um, the developer Shangri-La Holdings um, for basically, um, they had a plan to build a few homes up at P- Prince Henry Heights. The council voted against that development after large community outrage against the project. Um, that uh, council, despite the um, council officers saying that um, councillors should vote in favour of it, that led to um, a legal challenge. That then council. Um, agreed to settle the matter, um, and residents were extremely disappointed at that decision. Um, I believe you didn't vote to settle the matter at the time, Um, but how much of a, um, I guess, how has that impacted council's decisions when it comes to other projects moving forward?
1: Oh, look, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I voted against that in the chamber uh, uh, on two occasions. Um, And I did so for a good reason, Uh, I think there's a number of studies that I would hope would have come out. One of them is certainly uh, the land slippage issue, and I believe there is a study around somewhere on land slippage, and I believe our people have gone through it and find it okay, but if there's any hint of that, that concerns me. But the biggest issue that we know of, and we've got uh, first-hand experience of that in 2002 when the bushfires were in Toowoomba, is the potential there would be for a fire to come up that escarpment. And, you know, we all know that a fire going up a hill can be quite horrific. Now, uh, I'm telling you now that um, I've, um, <clears throat> I've been in a bushfire brigade for, since the very day I left uh, Agricultural College at Gatton when I was about 19. I, I came home from a big night out the night before to actually help fight a fire. And um, the reality to me is I have an understanding of fire, and I know the danger there would be to the community on the edge of the range, given the experience of 2002, given all of that. And I really don't believe it's appropriate that we put more houses further down the escarpment. I think we've got enough trouble there now, and, and that's my view. But anyhow, the majority of council went the other way.
0: How does how does that tie in um, that view tie into then the um, DHA development for Mount Lofty?
1: Well, the fact that the DHA development is, uh, is still to come to council is, uh, uh, does restrict me in what I can say. But I would say this. Um, <clears throat> there's a certain area within that, that space that uh, is within the Toowoomba boundary for housing, uh, and it's not a big area. The fact that they were trying to go over that boundary and right onto the edge of the escarpment, uh, I, have, I would have to express the same view that I expressed to you before about Shangri-La. Uh, I have some real concerns about that and uh, I await the, um, the recommendation of our staff and I will make my judgement at that time. <clears throat> um, another big issue in the past um, four
0: years was the um, Highfields Master Plan. There was the original plan that was rejected by the community and um, Council has then come up with this new plan. The Library has stayed in the same location with the new plan. Um, can you run me through a bit about um, just what happened there with the Highfields Master's
1: Well, Well, I think uh, if you take it back one more step, uh, we had a lot of people running around suggesting what they were going to do with Clive Burkhoffer's land. And Clyde Burkhoffer owned that land. And I'm very proud of the fact that at 2am one morning when I was worrying about all this, and I do this occasionally, um, I'd woken up, I was quite worried about what we're going to do at Highfields. And the thought came to me, why wouldn't we buy that land and have absolute and complete control over it? And that's exactly what we could get through council. Even some of my worst enemies come up and shook my hand and said, you know, this is a good idea, Mr Mayor. We did that. Uh, And I think we want to work with the community to attract uh, not only housing, but also some industry there. And uh, I think that's the broader plan that I have in mind. And I'm sure most people uh, would be quite happy with that. Highfield's a vibrant area. Uh, And I think the fact that we've bought that land, we have absolute control means that we can do what the community wants us to do, within reason.
0: This morning you met with um, Lockyer Valley Mayor Tanya Milligan down... And she was late. (laughs) (laughs) You met with her down at Withcot to basically announce a new working group for the Toowoomba Regional Council, the Lockyer Valley Regional Council and the Ipswich City Council... Um, as an advocacy group to put pressure on um, various levels of government to develop uh, passenger rail between Ipswich and Toowoomba. Can you tell me a bit about that?
1: Well, look, I'm part of the Council of Mayors in South East Queensland. In fact, I'm the deputy chair of that. And that's a, that's a very important task and it gives us the opportunity uh, to have our voice heard. Now this all came out of a people mass movement study, which we did, and I thank the the former Lord Mayor, Graham Quirk, for bringing all the mayors together with a common cause. How are we going to shift people around in the year 2041, when we know there won't be three million people in South East Queensland, there'll be five and a half million people. So that's why I was, you know, I I saw a a role in leadership that he played there that we can all learn a lesson from. Coming out of that, the people mass movement study was first of all, a 45 minute region, the concept of a rail line that would provide, that go from Sunshine Coast to Brisbane, Gold Coast to Brisbane, and ultimately Brisbane to Toowoomba. Now the funding mechanism for this will be city deals, which is a a great concept in terms of financing major infrastructures for communities. I think all of this is good. All of this is, is something that this community will be thankful for given time. Our worry, the worry that Tanya, Milligan and I have, and the worry not so much Ipswich, but we brought Ipswich into it to support us, is that there's a corridor from Ipswich to Toowoomba, which will be a growth corridor. And the greatest thing that could happen to that would be a fast rail coming through there. So, uh, And look, as far as Toowoomba is concerned, let's not forget where we sit. We have an international airport. You know, to be 45 minutes from Brisbane would mean people could enjoy the beauty and the ambience and the living conditions in Toowoomba and still work in Brisbane, if they wanted to. So, uh, and, and bearing in mind, we have a lot of people coming and going. You know, we have a university that would, would, would benefit from having this. We have uh, two army bases that no doubt would benefit from having this. We have potential tourism. We have business. We have many things that will benefit from a fast rail. So we want to put that on the agenda. There's million, $15 million that's been given uh, to do a study. We want to be part of that study. We don't want some government department to pick it up and do it and say, no, no, uh, you don't want to do it. We know that in the long-term plans, uh, they believe that a fast rail to Toowoomba will happen about 2041. We want that to be 2029 or 2030. And there's a number of reasons for that. But I think we don't want to be left off the off the agenda. That's what this is about. We want to continually talk about it. We want to put it in their face. And when they do the study, we want to be part of that. We want to tell them some of the stories that they may well miss.
0: Now that people mass movement study that the Southeast Queensland Council of Mayors undertook also tied in at the same time to this push of, um, to host the Olympics in Southeast Queensland in 2032. Um, recently, we've had Senator Pauline Hanson come out and stick billboards up all around um, Queensland, really, saying regional Queensland does not want the 2032 Olympics. What do you have to say to that?
1: Well, uh, I, I, this is just playing cheap politics, to be quite honest. And, and you know, this is appealing to uh, her people, and that's her right to do that if she wishes to. But let me tell you this, uh, when it comes to Olympic Games, there are benefits that flow from having Olympic Games. And one of the great benefits is the legacy that's left. And included in that legacy is essential infrastructure. How would Toowoomba be with a 20,000 seat stadium that had been used for the Olympic Games, that was there to, to host major games, of whether it be football or you know, any, sort of, any sort of football or whatever it might be? Uh, that would be amazing for us if we could have that. Now that's the sort of thing I believe that it's important. The Olympic games will drive uh, tremendous progress in this area and uh, you know, Toowoomba's never stood still no matter where, how and when. I mean our economic growth is amazing, all those things are good. But given the, uh, the, the sort of things we'd get out of the Olympic games, you know, you just watch Toowoomba mature into a, uh, into a important city And don't forget, Toowoomba is the biggest inland non-capital city in Australia that is not appropriately connected with a good passenger rail. So we've got to fight for that. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time as we work towards getting this study done. Now's the time as we work towards a city deal. Now's the time to make sure we have it on the agenda.
0: This is all looking forward um into the next term of local government and terms but beyond that um in november last year you announced that you were, were running again for mayor and um come march 28 voters will go to the ballot box and decide whether they want to re-elect you as mayor for a third term um if you were to be re-elected come next march um what would be your priorities for the next term?
1: Uh... Well, I would be continuing to talk about water. You know, there looks to be a bit of a chance that the the drought may well end and the dams may well fill in the next uh, six months or so. I think the things are changing a little. I hope it does. Uh, but I think water would be one of the really big issues, and that is regional. That's not just about only Toowoomba. I mean, there's a lot of things in Toowoomba we can do. We can talk about the integrity of our pipe system, the fact that we're losing water, the fact that we need to make better use of recycled water. <clears throat> but we put a number of things on the table. And we've been talking to the Mayor of Tenterfield, the Mayor of Southern Downs, the Mayor of Western Downs, about an alliance. It was just the other day that I had the Premier here. And when we talked about the water, them taking the water for Warwick from here, uh, we have put on the table, and she accepted it, building an appropriate water grid, a water grid that may one day bring water back from that way back here to Toowoomba as we need it. And she accepted that. And we're going to have more talks about that. Naturally, I was disappointed they hadn't talked to us previously, but that's by the by. The most important relationships that a mayor of a community can have are with the Premier of the state and, secondly, with the Prime Minister of the nation. And we've built those. Paul,
0: we'll have to pick you off on one of those points. The Premier did say that... uh, Um, people from her office had been in contact with the council um, quite frequently before the first announcement they made down at Warwick. And um, she also said a minister had been in contact with you
1: personally. Let me tell you about that. The minister rang me when I was at the Crow's Nest uh, speech night. Uh, I couldn't take the call. I went outside and took the call. And he told me that there would be a press release going out. It'll be in tomorrow's paper that we're going to use your water system. I'm sorry. That's my point, and that I think is is a it was a little bit hard for me to swallow. Yes, there have been some people asking questions of our staff, but I would have thought the most appropriate thing to do would have been the Premier to have talked to the Mayor to get this on the table, then we work it from there. And uh, look, there's, there's a lot of balloons up in the air with this one at the moment, but you know, what do we do? Haven't I got to protect the ratepayers of Toowoomba? Haven't I got to protect our water supply? If they're talk- we we thought we had water to 2049. Well, maybe we haven't. If they decide to put, put, send water off, they may even decide to try and take over our grid. You know, I don't know. Uh, we need to know. We need to know. If we're going to have this discussion, we need to know. And I'm not going to fight publicly with the Premier, but what I am going to say is the timing of her visit to me uh, could have been a bit better.
0: You've also in the past mentioned some other projects that um, you'd like to see get off the ground, for instance, um, a Clarence River Dam down in mm. northern New South Wales, or a um, pipeline up through the inland rail tunnel yeah. um, that would act as like a second pipeline between Wyvernhoe and Toowoomba.
1: Um, Just a minute, That's, uh, that, the plan with that was to bring some of the wastewater that would normally go out into Moreton Bay and doesn't necessarily do any environmental good going into Moreton Bay Sorry, yeah, and uh, we certainly want to make sure that we uh, have that opportunity because you see industry is developing here and we need water. We're short of water, whether it be for agriculture or whether it be for the new emerging shedded horticulture. You know, 1,200 jobs here in the medicinal cannabis plantation, 1,200 jobs and this is done by Toowoomba people for the good of Toowoomba. We need water.
0: And there's the intensive horticulture project out that way too, um, that will require a lot of water as well. Um, What would you say to some of the um, detractors who say that those big ideas that you have about the pipelines, about the dams, that they are just a pipe dream, that they're not
1: achievable? Well, they may be a dream too, but you've got to put that on the table. So where are we going to go for water? You might be best to ask them, where are we going to go to water for water in the future? Uh, I can tell you now they're talking about the Nathan Dam, the state government. I've certainly got the uh, Clarence River on the agenda. That's a tough deal because there's marginal seats there and we know what marginal seats do to people. Uh, There are no good sites in the Toowoomba area, good efficient sites uh, for a new dam. Uh, The Emu Creek Dam, um, you know, is part of the Wivenhoe catchment. Uh, But we have also struck a deal that will be uh, no doubt uh, coming out in the not too distant future, to have a far better arrangement around the water we get from the Wivenhoe Dam. And I was part of striking that deal, and I'm proud of that.
0: Where do you see Toowoomba going in the next four years? Well, look, I
1: see Toowoomba still be still being this beautiful place to live. I still see it becoming a, you know, a very vibrant economy because we do have one of the best economies in regional Australia. Just have a look at the numbers. Have a look at the numbers. I think it's around, the average now is about 4.5% for 10 years. You find somewhere else in Australia, in regional Australia, that is doing that. You know, you see plenty of people have a 6% spike, then boom, down they go. We have been consistent here. We're consistent because the breadth of the economy, because education and health are the major players in the economy. And from there, uh, you can build an awful lot of jobs that are permanent jobs. Now, with the likes of the data centre, with the international airport, with the intensive um, shedded horticulture that's coming our way, you know, the sky is the limit. Uh, we, we, we're certainly in a good space.
0: Voter dissatisfaction is rising all around the world. Um, social media has been to blame by that. Um, there's been lots of things like that. People, people are concerned about democracy and concerned about the future of where democracy is heading do you still have faith in our democratic system in local government in
1: yeah absolutely I do and if you look back at over various elections you'll find that the people of Toowoomba are not stupid the people of Toowoomba pretty much get it right you know, there's a few times that I've wondered but anyhow uh, they get it right and those of us who put our name forward are prepared to accept the judgment of the community And uh, this is the 12th time in my life that I'll be going to an election. And I I don't go there with any right to rule or anything of that nature. I go there as Paul Antonio. I want them to look at my record of what I've achieved over the last uh, 38 odd years in local government. And uh, I'm happy to be judged on that.
0: Why should people vote for you come March twenty-eighth? 28?
1: Well, I think uh, if you look back uh, eight years and see where we were and have a look now and see where we're going, have a look at what we've been doing, no matter what area, whether it be economic, whether it be social, whether we—I uh, don't care where it is, whether it be uh, you know in providing facilities, we have done as much as we can. We've also been able to advocate for this area very strongly, and I believe in teams. I believe in the team that's called CONSEC, Council of Mayors, South East Queensland. I believe very much in the team that is the, the group of mayors that I lead west of here. I believe very much in this little group that we have talking about future water. When people work together, you achieve things. Now, we'll take the issues as they come, and we will achieve. I work very well with the local mayors, and uh, I think that that's one way of doing it. But I look forward to a, a, working with a council that actually has a positive attitude towards Toowoomba, in which there are no party political. You know, this is about somebody working for Toowoomba. We've all got our views. We've all got our values. But the important thing is, we're blessed to live in this place called Toowoomba.
0: Now, um, there was obviously much speculation before you um, announced your re-election for mayor. Um, heading into this next election, if you are, if you do win, will this be your last term as mayor, or will you seek re-election? Oh look, like I, uh,
1: I think it's pretty obvious that um, this uh, will be my last term. Um, I, I, you know, I don't publicize that but in in view of the fact that you've asked me the question uh, I certainly intend to um, make sure that I uh, you know I have a beautiful home out there where I come from that I haven't lived in for 12 years Uh, during this last term I I suffered the loss of my wife of course uh, all those sort of things we've suffered a drought we've suffered a fair few uh, uh, traumas in many areas but we've kept going and uh, I think that um, you know, I will probably, I haven't been taking holidays. I certainly looked after my wife for seven years very closely. But in saying that, uh, you know, I, uh, I do plan to have weekends off from time to time, which I haven't been doing. Uh, but I do plan to work as hard as I have worked in the past uh, to make sure that this community is well served.
0: Paul Antonio, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. That was Toowoomba Mayor Paul Antonio
0: speaking about the 2020 local government elections. Toowoomba 2020 is a production of The Chronicle and is produced by me, Toby Loftus. This podcast is made possible because of The Chronicle's valued subscribers. We've got a great $1 for 28 days deal on at the moment, so if you're not a subscriber, check that out by visiting thechronicle.com.au forward slash subscribe. Music is by Kevin McLeod.